0: Good morning. It is about six twenty in the morning uh, December eighteenth. Uh, it's about thirty degrees out here with a bit of a uh, frost. It is chilly. I am walking with Mr. Jasper this morning. Mr. Jasper says hello. up a little while ago, obviously, Uh, Did my thousand words. Today, today was rough. I mean, I got to a thousand words and I got it within an hour, but I don't like them. It's one of those things where sometimes as an author you second-guess everything that you're writing. I mean, every single sentence seems very, very wrong. And not just the individual sentences you feel like I'm not doing a very good job for them to do this story. It just doesn't feel good. But hopefully. Excuse me. Hopefully either one. I'm wrong and I'm just imagining that it's worse than I think it is. Or two, I'll be able to fix it and edit. Paulette mentioned to me yesterday in the YouTube comments that Google Glass has a bit of a problem with low-light conditions. This is true. Although, in their defense, I think just about every camera has trouble with low-light conditions. So, I don't know. I am so cold at the moon. Anyway, uh let's say so. Yeah, I had uh seen with some guys dumpster diving. But when you're dumpster diving in a Neo Victorian future where the knobs try to control everything regarding the commoners dumpster diving becomes something of a criminal enterprise so so that's fun Uh, had to do a bit of research on padlocks because yes I do believe the padlocks will survive the future Nathan Lowell told me a long time ago something along the lines of never use a electro stylus when you can use a pencil The idea that we're gonna come up with better technology is understood but you don't try to make something over technological just cause Anyway <sighs> Very tired. Oh, speaking of uh, the glass camera and YouTube, just got a new update for glass. The uh, update has a whole bunch of stuff in it, like hangouts and. it wasn't cold enough, now we need strong wind. I can get this on and tough. Alright, anyway, got an update for glass that gives it screen lock, which was kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. Uh, Don't really find it particularly necessary, but... What the hey. I suppose if I was searching lots of porn on my Google Glass or something, then I might care. Uh, So, um... Oh! Wink! The update allowed for Wink which is uh, very cool, and probably going to get us in some I mean, I know I've talked about how the disruptive technology is going to be good for the world and all that, but uh, Wink is one of those things that makes people very nervous. So because right now, if somebody with Google Glass wants to record you, or I'm sorry, up until the version 12, if someone wanted to record you, they would have to reach up to touch the button to take a picture, or they would have to start talking to it, saying, okay, start recording, all that kind of stuff. But not anymore. Now they uh, have the ability to take a picture every time you wink. I've tested it out, it's pretty cool. Me personally, it's something that I've wanted the whole time, and in fact, I was thinking about working on an app to do just that. No longer necessary, it would seem. So, uh, all the same people are very very afraid of having their picture taken unless it's taken by a government that refuses to give them that information back or by a corporation that says it's only using it to treat them as criminals. People are very nervous about letting their friends and family take pictures. They're even more worried about the people they don't know. Because if there's anything Fox News Group has taught us, it's that you can't trust the people around you. You can only trust the corporates. The corporations and the governments. when you think back on all the times that your privacy has been invaded it's always been by your neighbors never by corporations or governments and now i'm being a dork anyway yeah i think wink's an awesome idea because i am very interested in making everybody think about how they allow surveillance to be done. I was whining the other day at work about how I had some uh, Google Glass invitations. And so I was telling people, you know, I have this invite if you want it, and telling them about it and saying that one of the annoying things is you almost always get people walking up to you asking you questions. And it's like that whole fear of privacy just gets thrown out the window if you want to ask somebody about something they're wearing, which seems odd to me. Anyway, I was telling them how it's very very cool but everywhere you go people are asking you questions and that can get pretty annoying. You can get annoying to constantly have people asking you about it and they They made the very valid point that I'm basically acting like a prima donna when I say that stuff. Poor me. Everyone is looking at me. It is so difficult to be beautiful and interesting. Yeah, anyway. Not saying that, I'm just saying that I'm I'm friendly with you guys. I am friendly with People that I know on the internet gives you a a bit of buffer to get to know people before you actually run into them. But when I meet them, like on the street, I'm generally fairly cagey. Which probably sounds like a funny thing coming from a guy who's arguing for ubiquitous personal surveillance. Anyway, so yeah, I was not trying to sound like a prima donna, but I realize that's really the only way I can be seen. Poor me, everybody's interested in my new toy. It's so distressing. Anyway, uh, I say anyway a lot, don't I? It's like the way that I move from one conversational topic to another. Almost tempted to say I could try and do a transcript of the morning walk and then clip every section heading on the word anyway. (sighs) So anyway. (laughs) Uh, Let's see, yesterday Yesterday was a good day. In addition to getting the update to uh, Google Glass, which, by the way, it's not just Wink. They also have uh, YouTube integration. So, I mean, when I get home, I'm going to share this thing directly from Glass to YouTube. None of the uploading and then having to go through my uh, laptop's Wi-Fi, that kind of thing. None of that. Uh, so that's that's cool. It added hangouts and I still haven't quite got the grasp of video calls yet. Could be because I'm working through sprint and sprint in my area is really horrible. So Just about all connectivity is questionable, but uh, yeah, I haven't been able to get video calls to work, not really. So maybe hangouts will be cool. Maybe I'll be able to get them to work where the others couldn't. I remain hopeful. What else, they made some other changes. We already had Google Play doing audio and that's cool and I've already side-loaded the video viewer which is not as great as I'd hoped I mean I put all the Firefly episodes on there and then iPhoto kept trying to download them because you could only put them in one specific directory and that was the same directory that iPhoto uses to get camera images, so yeah, it's restrictive on the resolution of the file. I mean, it has to be exactly the same resolution on all the images that i taken from the last. I guess sense. And then that syncing thing is really annoying enough so that I just ended up taking them off. I mean, taking. Firefly off of the glass. After all, I'm sure they'll put on Netflix pretty soon. And <laughs> we'll have that. So yeah, got the update at uh YouTube and Wink, and I know there were others, Hangouts and something else, but whatever. Um, I got all of Chapter 14 from Envito Rex edited in one day, and honestly, I, I got it done in just two hours. I just sat down, and I just concentrated on that, and I just knocked it out. Is a bigger deal than it sounds because uh, that was not easy. I mean, it's not easy for me. I don't know. It's the whole ADD thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not actually, you know, diagnosed ADD. Website. It's very hard to sit and concentrate on something. Honestly, I can sit and read through a book on Java for two hours straight, and that's just learning a programming language. Books, it's just it seems deadly because I have to clip out every five seconds or so. I have to clip out something, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy with how it turned out understand there are some people who really like how it sounds which is awesome but yeah I do feel kind of bad that it takes me so long and it's so hard to concentrate on used to get updates of new books coming out all the time from the I don't seem to get them very often anymore. They re- redid the website at least a couple of times. That's last time I published it. And it just I don't know. It's a very clean ghost town. It's like the Apple website. Where everything's very clean and they presented exactly what they want you to see and no interaction whatsoever. But whatever. Um, I can say it feels like a ghost town. Then I look at the download numbers and, you know, getting one to 200 downloads a day on just one property. Somebody's clearly spending a lot of time there. So, no bad thing. One to two hundred eyeballs a day would be decent. I mean, just knowing that one or two hundred people every day were looking at a page with my book on it. A webpage. Talking about my book. That would be... Mighty nice, but to know that they cared enough to say, "Okay, yeah, download this thing," that's awesome. I'll admit I'm kind of bummed that they don't do the uh, syndication, sending them out chapter by chapter anymore. It doesn't feel like podcasts anymore, and I know why they did it, but. Doesn't feel as cool. feels like something you're sick of dealing with so you just put a cap on it like somebody didn't want to have to deal with the web page a lot and so they didn't want to have to deal with all the questions about when to such and such episode so they just said, all right, screw it, we're just going to post after they've got the entire book. And until you got the entire book, I don't even want to hear from you. Because that way I'm sure you're not going to go dark and upset a bunch of people. I understand that. I'm just saying that it seems like giving up on the concept just because you don't like customer service. Now don't get me wrong, I would love to make a website that's stable enough that I could just say, alright, I'm walking away, let it run itself. I've certainly never done that. I mean, I never had a single site that was that stable. So I certainly understand the interest in doing that. All the same, seems kind of sad. Just feels like it's a different day. It's a different era from the days when everything was T. Morris, and Sigler, and Nathan Lowell. And don't get me wrong, they probably do still have the top 10 slots. But it doesn't feel... You know what I mean. Either you were there back then, and you know what I mean. Or you weren't and I'm just bobbling. Bobble babble bobble bobble bobble. Anyway. Back in the day there were fewer of us. And it seemed more active in the potty books group. I used to get people asking me every day what potty books was. When they stop asking, there's only two reasons, either they all know, or they don't care. The number of downloads makes me think they all know, everybody's gonna know anyway. Either way, by next week, I should be able to post everything to Potia books and possibly get back from them. I mean, possibly have it put up there. It's been a long time since I've been through the process, so it could be a lot easier, it could be a lot harder. posting the last episode. I kind of want to see if anybody can guess how it ends. Because it has a bit of a cliffhanger. Then again, I'm already selling the book, so there are people out there who have read ahead. A long time ago, I put the Hidden Institute up for 99 cents. The idea being, I'm going to sell it for 99 cents as a loss leader for invito rex More people buy Hidden in Institute than when Invita-Rex comes out. More people buy it. <sighs> Except, I don't think it's really good as a loss leader. You have one thing that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to people. And by that I refer to the a victorian thing. If you have one thing that doesn't make sense to people, whether it's cheap or expensive, isn't going to make a big deal. There is a huge contingent of people who want to understand their world that they're stepping into from the summary. I mean, they want you to detail exactly what happens I mean, they they want to feel comfortable in the world. They want to understand the world. And... It's hard when you try to describe the world in your summary about a person. I mean, a story about a person. And it's worse for those that are near us, time-wise. I mean, you take Frank Herbert's Dune, and people figure, all right, all bets are off. I have no idea what this world is. As you tell me, I will believe it, and I will move forward. And they're good. but when you write something and and you can come up with all kinds of crazy stuff, sandworms and spice, all that kind of stuff. But if you start writing a few hundred years in the future kind of story, a Starship Troopers kind of story, it's a completely different kind of thing. You have to stay close to the things that people already understand. You have to stay close to the social conventions people already understand. So on the one hand, that's good because, I mean, like taking my situation, for example. Sit. Stay. Stay. Get a better picture here. Good boy. Okay, uh, well, on one hand it's a good thing because people understand the social conventions very quickly and honestly what I'm trying to do is challenge those with the changes. I mean, a lot of people understand the concept of the serf and the nobleman and that kind of thing. We live in a world where if you tell them that the knights of the round table were actually kind of jerks, they'll listen long enough for you to go explain it and they say, oh, okay, that makes sense. It's not so surprising. But at the same time, that means that it's hard for them to accept differences. I mean, you base your differences on things that already exist. If I started talking about ubiquitous surveillance in a story that's taking place a hundred years from now, nobody vets an eye. But if I were to describe, which I do, hemp As one of the uh, most used versions of cloth, that's going to seem very strange to readers. They'll think that I'm making some argument for marijuana or something. When in fact all I'm doing is harkening back to the research that shows that before our prohibition, hemp was a, a commonly used formal cloth. It's actually a lot easier to make than what we consider regular cloth. So when I... When I write my story about Victorian-era sensibilities with hemp and cloth and using the metric system and nanoscale robots. That kind of freaks people out. It's incongruous. If I stuck with the things that they knew and just added laser guns, they'd be fine. But stepping into changes in little things in our society and making the society still function. And bringing back ideas that people think are ridiculously antiquated. That makes it hard to read, I think. Nathan Lowell said the other day that I've created a subgenre of steampunk, and that I'm basically the only one in it. Nathan, by the way, is just finishing up editing and getting his next book out. I've had a chance to read The Hermit of Llamas Woods. It's some great stuff. uh, I really like how he did the introduction of the sun 10th sun comes back and it's not one of those tearful my boy, my boy, how I've missed you kind of things and it's not really as standoffish as you would expect from you know, either you get two people who are related and say like, "Oh, I've missed you so much, we've got so much to catch up on. And then the alternate is, I don't know you and I'm uncomfortable being around you because there's history that I don't completely, you know, understand. But Nathan doesn't do either of those. He has these people in a strange sort of with each other. Like we shared the life together a long time ago, and I recognize that, but I still don't see you as someone I really care about, though I'm sure I'm supposed to. That kind of thing. It's a very interesting interpretation of that, that scene. Anyway, there's lots more to the story than just that, but I found that to be an interesting relationship. Given the tenants ready to duck out on him at a moment's notice, anyway. Um. Anyway, so I was talking with Nathan, he said that I basically created a subgenre, and nobody else is in. And, given that people have so much difficulty accepting the idea of a monarchy come back. And, I don't mean a monarchy like Ming the Merciless kind of way, campy soap, futuristic. I mean like the idea of a modern American monarchy coming back. That, that throws them. That seems very, very odd to a lot of people. And it's only going to get worse as I'm writing more and more about how the commoners live and how the nobility control their lives. Every one of them is chipped. I don't know if I've mentioned that. They have what they call RFIDs, which are RFIDs. And everybody's got them implanted. And the great thing is, it's so ubiquitous they don't care. They honestly don't even notice it. They use it to open their home doors. They use it to pay for things. Some of them even argue that it's a convenience. It saves them having to carry cash around. Anyway, I introduce ideas that would be horrific, aberrant, to a civil libertarian. And I introduce them as, here's just something that happens. It's part of our life. I don't know why I do it. I mean, you could make the argument that trying to instill social change, trying to point it out to people so they see it coming, that kind of thing, but... I don't really think I'm going to make that big a difference. I'd like to. I'd like to believe that I'm going to make a difference, but... the fact of the matter is, I just don't... You take the total population, and then you take the number of people who are going to buy my book and already you're at an incredibly small percentage, and out of the people who buy my book, you take the ones who see it as an examination into eroding freedoms, and again, much smaller percentage. A lot of people are in it for the most fun part, which is watching Dizzy, and watching the nobility flail against him, and watching the class warfare going on. So of the percentage who see this as some kind of a commentary on freedom, much smaller percentage. And then of those people who see it as commentary on freedom, chances are they've already heard this stuff before. It's not news. So the number of people who read this and go, wow, I really hate the idea of everybody being chipped. Mandatory chipping. Those people are going to be incredibly rare. So, I don't think I'm really worrying too much about accomplishing that. I'd like to, but I'm not worried about it. 37 minutes. We got the low battery a little while ago, so could cut out at any time. I'll admit, after getting the update, I wasn't sure if the battery life was going to get better or worse. They now have a warning that comes up to tell you if the unit is overheating. Which is nice. I'm betting that would have saved me from the uh, problem that we had a couple of days ago. And hopefully, by the time they make it available to the public, is taking care of that, and they won't even need the warning. Maybe it drops to a low-power mode as soon as it recognizes that it's overheating or something. I don't know. Anyway, coming up on the house now. If you get a chance, go check out Chapter 14 of Invito Rex. I'm very proud of how quickly I got that done. and By God, somebody should listen to it. All right, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.